This is 680 CJOB. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Main Ingredient. Kevin Bergen here. Krista Hall here. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good. I'm sure you know why. I know why. It's the same reason I'm really good. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about one of our favorite topics. Hey, my camera's been rolling this whole time. Did you know that? I didn't turn it off. Um, (laughs) Total digression there. (laughs) We're talking about one of my favorite topics. Well, our favorite topic. Yes. Which is? Beer. Craft beer. Craft beer specifically. Yes, you are correct. Yes. Winnipeg Brew Works in the house. Darren Wanless. Did I say that correct? Yes, you did. Thank Man, you. How, how are you? Good. Thanks for the invite. It's great to be here. Dude, you know we like you, right? <laughs> you. You know, it's not just because you brought beer. Oh, well, that, that helps, I'm <laughs> sure. Yes. <laughs> okay, so Winnipeg Brew Works, you got a good following already. Um, let's talk about you and how you got into beer. Well, of course, I'm going to tell, because my mother may be listening, that I didn't have my first beer until I was 18. (laughs) Me too, man. Me too. But it was around that age that I discovered, other than the mainstay beers, the mainstream beers, Mm -hmm. and actually my first one was uh, um, Moosehead, because my rugby team out in Brandon, the Barbarians, Go Barbs, they were sponsored by Moosehead, and... It Back was, in the day, Moosehead was like, oh, they were so different. That's when they expanded into the provinces, into the Prairie provinces, and they wanted to be different. And they were that much different. They were. Now, compared to, like, now they're more mainstream. Because I know. there's so many more craft beers out there. But they were different enough. Then when I moved to the city, to, to Winnipeg, to go to college, then, of course, I started frequenting the uh, King's Head Pub and the pubs downtown, trying these new, or these English beers yep. and yeah. other beers from other, uh, across the pond. And I fell in love with them. Then uh, the first uh, brew pub I went to in Winnipeg was back in the day, River City Brewing. Back yeah. In, oh, yeah, uh, dude. Yeah. And I befriended one of the brewmasters there, Jason. I still keep in touch with him. He's out in Vancouver now. But uh, he taught me how to do home brewing, and it was amazing. And realizing that now you can actually go the next step and brew your own beer, pitch your own yeast, and brew it from scratch, not just from a kit. So that's really when I fell in love with beer. And it's just always been a hobby of mine to like go to different places whenever we travel, find new spots. My, my wife and I, Zoe, it's been uh, a great ride uh, going and finding these locations and just searching out beers that you've never had before. Yeah, that's fun, isn't it? Especially oh. nowadays, there's so many different kinds, right? So many different kinds of craft beers. And, and it, it's a when you're a tourist, it, it is an activity. Yeah. Like it draws people to. Uh, yeah. To try lots of different things. We've planned trips around locations like Absolutely. that. Like, yeah, like even recently we went down I knew to I liked Tampa. I this guy. And there was places that we were itching to try for years. So, And I have my favorite styles of beer. She has hers. But ultimately, no matter where you go, there's going to be some ones that you fall in love with, some so-sos. But the biggest thing is, is that there's always a beer out there for somebody. Right. Even the so-so sometimes can end up being your favorite after after a little while, right? <laughs> Usually yeah. takes three of them. Yeah. <laughs> But you just got to keep at it, you know, got to keep at it. Um, How long were you a home brewer? Uh, Not long because uh, like maybe a year or two because I started getting too busy. It's that proverbial thing. I put work above my hobbies and uh, I fell out of sorts with it. And then I just ended up trying more and more locations. And that's when we started traveling and I just wanted to uh, try it. I wasn't the best at it. So I realized that, well, let's see what other people can do with it instead. (laughs) Yeah. So but, you were working doing another job. Yes. So how do you make that leap from uh, I drinking still don't know beer how we to... did that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, well actually I've been in the background in construction and consulting engineering for since I graduated college. 
Uh, and I still actually have a consulting company uh, that that we still work on. But uh, ultimately, this was always a passion for us. And in 2012, we wanted to try to get a brewery going, a brew pub at the time, because the only way to sell your beer to the province back in 2012 was through a brew pub. Right. So a restaurant with a brewery attached to it. Um, so then we actually were going through some leases and we had some locations, but of course, landlords were always an issue and that was the number one issue that we had back then. And then in 2015, I helped sit on a beer council with the government and they passed taproom legislation, which meant that you don't have to have a restaurant with a brewery. You can just have a brewery with a small tasting room, limited amount of people, and you still have to have some food options. But that's really when the surge in breweries in the province That yeah, was hit. a game changer. So then that's sure. when we decided, well, let's just wait and see. And then that's when we started up uh, last in, two, in 2018, in the summer 2018. So yeah. all, all the problems that you had with landlords and stuff, there was a purpose to that. There's a reason, right? Well, there you go. Things happen for a reason. You 100%. Can Laws have changed. When you took the plunge, what was the first thing you did? Like, how did you get it going? Well, it was actually uh, good friends of ours over at Torque Brewing. They they had extra capacity, and that's always the risk with any new business, let alone a brewery where a brewing system, you could spend a, a half a million to a million dollars on it, depending on what size totally. or even less. Yeah, it's endless. But the idea is that with them, they had extra capacity, so they started brewing our beer for us, and they're great guys like Joe. Sorry, I keep on saying Joe, but it's not. <laughs> Uh, the great guys over there, Tyler and Perry, in the back, the brewmasters, and then uh, they have a great production team, and they've been able to uh, make some great beer for us, and uh, now we're starting to have some fun. We have our own tanks there as well, so that way we're not hindering their uh, their growth at the same time, and we've been able to uh, expand and offer more flavors as well. How do you pitch to a beer existing beer company that you want to use their property and their stuff to brew your well, own? Well, they it was most, it was a very mutual thing because uh, uh, Matt he's the brewmaster over there he's been there for years and it's they see it as a community effort because um, it's beneficial for them because if they have extra capacity then they can now make some money off of that and uh, brew beer at the same time they're keeping their people their staff busy and they help grow the market because ultimately it's. The more local beer that's made and produced in Manitoba, that means that there's less beer shipped in from out of province. Because right now, the closest brewery uh, that's a mainstream brewery is eight 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 hours away in Edmonton. Other wow. than that, like so, back in the '80s, that was not the case. No, we had two breweries in in the city here, but they hightailed it out once they helped eliminate the law that uh, they helped to stymie local small breweries. Mm-hmm. And they, they once they got rid of that law in the 90s that said you had to have a brewery in every province you wanted to distribute in, they lobbied the government to now get rid of that law, and then that's when they left. So ultimately, that's why, uh, and it's funny, some, some of these big breweries uh, were started from grassroots. Like back in the 30s, O'Shea's, they had a rule. This is an old brewery that uh, actually supplied the Clydesdale horses to Budweiser from Winnipeg. Get out of here. Yes. That's a shout out to Bill Craig and Dave Wright. They wrote a book called 350 Years of Beer. And the Clydesdale from Budweiser started in Winnipeg. And they he sold them to the Bush Company. And I kid you not. And he, the fellow who sold them, he had a rule saying, keep it within the province, even if it's more than 10%, even if it's 10% or more. Because once that money leaves the province, it doesn't come back. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we even try to uh, get as much product sourced locally as possible and keep it within. And we, we hope that our clients do the same thing too, because in the end, it all helps and benefits the province. 100%. Absolutely. Man, that was a great history lesson. Huh? Nothing <laughs> yeah. better than beer history. There you go. Killer.
Plus, I love Matt Wolf. The guy's awesome. That's oh, my homeboy right there. Matty Beans. Oh, yeah. I love that guy. All right, so we're going to take a little break. We're going to return. You brought some beer. We're going to talk about the lovely beer you make in these beautiful cans. Right? They're awesome, Don't right? Don't shake it, Kevin. I'm not shaking it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. That'll be mine. I'll just open it right over in the corner He's over there. Touching it. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're going to taste the beer. We're going to talk about the beer from Winnipeg Brewworks. Darren Wanless here on The Main Ingredient. On 680 CJOB. Hey everybody, welcome back to the main ingredient. We're at uh, we're in the studio today, right, Krista? We are. We're not on the road. We're not on the road, and we are. It's a cold night. It's nice to be inside. It is nice to be inside. We have Darren Wanless here from Winnipeg Brew Works. Darren, how are you? Very good, thank you. Give us a nice history lesson on beer, which I love. But now we're going to talk about your beer, okay. the beer that you make <laughs> in these beautiful cans. You have three signature uh, kinds. We call it brands. Yes. Yeah. So we have our two. What we call our our mainstay beers are our core beers. Right. So we have our Pils, which is a German word for Pilsner, so very simple. And we also have our Rotbier, which is a German name for red beer. But then we have a seasonal right now, but we've been getting a request to keep it longer. So it's the Dunkel. It's the dark beer, which literally means dark in German. Okay, so so why this kind of beer? Why German beer? Well, we've always been fans of German beer, and because they've got such a storied history, we wanted to follow suit with that. And a lot of the beers that we've enjoyed through the years of our travels have uh, have always been, or mostly been German, but also uh, the Reinheitsgebot. There's a German purity law from Bavaria in 1516 that states that all beer should be made with four ingredients, uh, barley, water, hops, and uh, and yeast. And so the idea is that then that shows just how pure something can be. There's no additives. And we still, will, we made a blueberry beer, for example, in summertime, so that technically wouldn't count for that. Right. But we're not going to make sure every beer falls out. But the idea is that it's mostly a stamp on the beer that said that it should be of a, a good quality and uh, not uh, any extra additives or ingredients that don't need to be there. You know, if there is ever a beer category in on Jeopardy and you're a contestant, I feel sorry for everybody else. Okay, I'll take beer for a thousand, Alex. <laughs> I'll take a thousand dollars worth of beer. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, what kind of discussion did you guys have when, uh, how much conversation went into determining what kind of beer you wanted? Well, when we sat down and went through the original recipes, we, uh, we first of all wanted to start off with a Pilsner or mm -hmm. Pilsner type beer. So, of course, um, a Pilsner, there's a blonde, which is lighter than a Pilsner. But the idea was the Pilsner is that the majority of beers out on the market, a large percentage of them are Pilsners. Like people call them lagers. Like there's two families of beer. There's ales and lagers. So a lot of people will call this color of a beer, oh, it's a lager. Well, it doesn't necessarily mean by the color. But uh, well, we might as well taste it as yeah, he's talking, yeah. right? So he's pills, probably thirsty. The, the pills is... Well, I guess we didn't have to all open one. Yeah, oh, yeah. but then we all got to finish. Go. Yeah, there you go. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. And so the idea with the Pilsner is that it's um, very approachable because most people... Cheers. 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 Prost in German, yeah. Most people are already used to drinking them. Mm, yeah. That's nice. Mm -hmm. And that's what we wanted. We wanted something that isn't going to scare people off right. like it's a nice light color a lot of my family members are craft beer drinkers but the majority are not they still go and get their regular beer that's shipped in from out of province and it's hard to change that mindset sometimes exactly. they, you gotta you gotta give them what they're used to and then slowly bring people into craft so this was it's really a, a handshake just to say hey from the craft industry 
You don't have to be afraid of it. Doesn't mean that it's going to be so dark and heavy because that's what people think of all the time. Yeah, and it's like no, like many beers back in the '30s would have tasted just like this mm-hmm. back before mass production took over small batches, mm-hmm. and that's what uh, the brewery at Torque is. Like the idea is that you have smaller scale, uh, better quality ingredients. So it's not just mass producing something by the push of a button. There's still people's hands involved in in this every day. That's nice and light. Yeah. You know what I mean? That is a nice intro craft beer. Right. Yeah. right? It would be good on a hot day. Exactly. And that's the other reason is that in the summertime, I still want a beer that we can sit and have a have a few on a hot day after mowing the lawn or doing whatever activities. And I still enjoy it. It's, it's funny that uh, everybody asks me what my two favorite beers are, and it's a Pilsner or a Sour. So those are exactly two opposite ends totally. of the spectrum. Mm. Right. But I've gotten to the point where I've gotten through all the beers that I'm now back to square one. And that's what happens is that a, as a craft beer drinker or just a, as a beer drinker, you you end up going up with these steps. You'll take this could be step one. And then our next beer would be step two and three. And that's what we're, uh, we're doing with our beer lineup. And it's funny that that's actually happened in my family. With my dad, he started drinking the pills, and we had that for our first year. And then for our second anniversary back in August, we did the rot beer, the red lager. He's now actually enjoying it more than mm-hmm. the pills. He's buying more of this than the uh, the pilsner. So those are the things that you'll start to see. It's like, hey, this is just that introduction, and that's the same thing that happened with me when I started getting away from just the mainstay beers and started getting into those craft ones, and you just go up those ladders. Yeah. Was your dad one of the guys that was, like, set in his ways on the beers that he was drinking? Mm-hmm. I remember taking him, I'm not going to name the name of the brand, uh, but it, it, it rhymed with Ickard's Ed. And, <laughs> uh, and, he, and he did not, he, he did not, that was too much for him back in the day. Yeah. But when I told him that it's just their their main beer, added with uh, caramel flavoring that's mm-hmm. all that that's how they make that mm-hmm. so that goes back to those additives it's like no these are actually special malts that are made to make this red not just caramel flavoring so yeah he'd be a good guinea pig like business wise because again if you can change him exactly you can change anybody right yeah and like the people out there like it's all education like we realize that we're not going to win everybody over and same thing with the other craft beer makers in the manitoba you can't convince everybody, but even just that first initial introduction, just to say, hey, try this beer. And that's why this beer and other, uh, like, of the lighter style beers that the other craft beers are making, or the craft brewers are making in Winnipeg, it's that introduction, just to say, hey, like, don't uh, don't be afraid of this just because you think it's going to be this uh, mishmash of flavors and uh, al- alcohol contents. Right. Hey. We're trying another beer here. You just poured oh. yourself in the, you just poured yourself another beer. Well, have as much as you want. Okay, so our second yeah, one. I'm not we don't all three need to open. Okay. I'll open this one. Okay, there you go. Okay, so our second beer. Yep. The Rote beer. I'm excited Rote about beer. this so one. So German red lager. And so again we <laughs> She's a tad eager. <laughs> <laughs> so this one we made um as the we called it our second beer for our Can second year. Yeah, you're just in there, it's fine. Um, and with this one, so with the main, with our, with our Pilsner, there's one type of malt in it. So the malt is the grain, it's malted barley. So barley is produced by the farmers, God bless their hearts. You get, um, you, you, you malt it. Mm. So it goes through the malting mill. Out it, it tastes very caramely. Exactly. But like there's no caramel in it. Isn't there? No. 
So that's the thing is, so the, we put five types of malt in it. So the malts that are made are Munich, Munich 2 Red X, Carafa 2 Special, and Beechwood Smoked Malt. So the idea is that those malts add a different flavor. So with our Pilsner malt, the Pilsner adds a specific flavor, but it, um, it's the hops that you taste more. With this beer, it's not as much of the hops you taste, but it's the malts because mm. the malts are either smoked or they're, they're a specific blend. And, and you can pick up on the smokiness a bit. Exactly. Yeah. And the it's funny really thing is nice. you can taste it, but it's still light. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. not heavy at all, right? Yeah, and the hops, all of our beers, all of these three beers are an IBU of 20, which means it's not bitter. Not at all. Because people are always afraid. They think of, when they think of craft beer, they think of IPA. And now I, I like IPAs, but not as much anymore because IPAs are a heavy beer because they right. were the, the, the hops. So that's where you get the bitterness from. The India Pale Ales IPAs were extra heavy on the hops to get around the Horn of Africa to go from England to India. That's why they called them Indie Pale Ale. The brewers added extra hops to survive and not be spoiled by the time they got to India. But when they started shipping them to North America, they were still hoppy because the ride was a little shorter. So then that's why the beers were stronger, but that's why the people on the East Coast got used to them because they liked that extra hoppiness. And then they would last longer as well. My next house party, you're coming. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I do. I just, I just love it right like now. I know. We're, we're both, both like hanging on your <laughs> We're staring at you, right? Yeah. But, and so that's why we don't go heavy on our hops. So our IBU, it's a scale of, say, 0 to 100. Some people say they make more, but it's, uh, it's, it's still low and approachable. You won't be overly bitter, whereas an IPA would be more around the, say, 40 to 60 to 70 range. Yeah, I find I don't mind those beers. I find I, I, I do like them, but... I wouldn't have two yeah. or three. You'd because want one feels, at the most, yeah. yeah. Because after two or three, it feels like you have a mouthful of pennies. Totally. Right. <laughs> and then if you're having any food, yeah, if you're having any food with it, you're not tasting the food. So yeah. I'll have a, I love IPAs, but I will only have so many of them at a time. Right. right. Okay. So we're, we're going to take another break, right? And then we're going to come back and talk about beer number three. Can we keep on drinking the beer though? Yes, we can. We can. In the break. Let's cheers. Let's cheers, let's cheers yes. to the break. Yes. Cheers to the break. To the break. All right, we'll be right back, everybody, here on The Main Ingredient with uh, Darren Wanless. On 680CJOP. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Main Ingredient. We are back. We are back. And we are talking about... Beer. You like beer, don't you? We like beer. Winnipeg Brew Works. Darren Wanless is in the house. How are you? Good. Thank you again. We're carrying on our conversation, our history lesson with beer. We went through, the first beer we tried was what? The Pils, the German Pilsner. Right. And your second beer? The Rotbier, German Red Lager. Rotbier. And the third? The Dunkel, the German Dark Lager. Okay, so, as you talk, we got to try. Okay. So, yeah, the German Dark Lager, we wanted to do this. Is that one yours? Yeah, no, that's, yours. that's for you. Um, we did mainly as the third step on our ladder, that we wanted it still light and approachable but dark that for people who wanted to try something dark but shouldn't be afraid of it because everybody sees a dark beer and they think it's just going to be uh like a plethora of flavors and too heavy and thick. yeah like you're going to be chewing the yeah. beer so this is still a five percent beer a five percent alcohol beer and the ibu of 20 so again still oh. low on the bitterness wow. scale like you close your eyes you'd never guess that it's no. gonna never right and that's it if you close your eyes and so for this one, um, we did, uh, we still did uh, different malts. So again, we have the Pilsner malt. So technically, our first beer, the Pilsner, 
there's m the same malt that we use in that light beer is in here. Is that right? Yes. Then we also did the Munich, which is in our red beer, our red lager. Then we also did Midnight Wheat. Now, the Midnight Wheat will darken the beer, but it won't increase the flavor tones of it. What is Midnight Wheat? It's just darkened wheat, like it's roasted wheat. Okay. That's it. So, so it's just for looks, not, it's, not it's, flavor. It's a malt, yeah. So it still gives the uh, the beer what it needs in, in the, the sugars um, and for what the yeast needs to live on in they produce the alcohol. But it doesn't increase the flavor uh, a heavy amount. It still does a small amount, mm -hmm. but the idea is that it increases the darkness level of it. Every time you say midnight wheat, it reminds me of the midnight yeah. special. <laughs> I don't know why. It just does. <laughs> and then the last malt we did was... He's looking at me like... Okay. I am too. Yes. <laughs> And then the last malt we added was chocolate malt. So that's where you get that hint of cocoa. Right. right. Yeah. So Very I'm, nice. How long did it take you to come up with the with the flavors for each beer? Was that a long process? Uh, no. Uh, luckily, the people that we have involved with us at uh, Torque and then our uh, brewmaster, the, they know what they're doing. They yeah. do. Like yeah. It's crazy how much they know. Yeah. And But we also uh, can – we have the ability to do small test batches and see how it works. So – um, for example, we did a Bach last year on a test batch, and we're releasing um, a triple Bach in in the new year. So What's a Bach? A Bach is a German beer again, yep. and it's it, it's always familiar with a goat on the label because... Uh, Greatest but, of all time. There you go. <laughs> well, not that one, a German goat. <laughs> but the idea is that with that, it's, it's a beer that would be aged over the winter time and stored and then served in the spring um, because that way it can... Uh, it's going to be made and stored longer during the cold winter months. Hmm. So this would be more of an aging beer. So they're usually higher percentage alcohol. So usually 6% and above. The one that we're doing is probably going to end up being about 11%. Oh, oh seriously? Wow. Yes. But it'll be very, very flavorful. And this is, again, that ladder that we're taking, those steps. Each step will lead to a bit of a stronger, a bit of a more flavorful beer. And will it'll be part of the regular beer? Or well, this be one special... we may just do a special one batch only. We're, we're going to see how, it, how it's received. But there's also something to be said about limited releases. So mm -hmm. if this beer, because this end is going to end up costing us at least twice as much to make, because it's that special, the idea is that then we'll maybe only release it uh, once or twice a year, and that's it. Right. Um, but, for example, like the, the idea with our core beer. Sorry, my phone is dinging. Sorry. How dare you? How dare Because <laughs> you're a BlackBerry user. Yes, that's I what. am. You call me out. <laughs> so our Dunkel, for example, would just be our seasonal. But, again, we've been getting requests to keep it on longer. Mm -hmm. So we may not make as much of it as the pills or the rot beer. Yeah, but the idea is that we'll still be adding small test batches. So in the taproom at Torque, um, we have a small system that we can uh, do a test batch, and then we'll announce, say, hey, on this Friday, we're going to release this keg. So come down and let us know what you think of it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a really good uh, testing ground to find out how your beer is received. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, and then you get the people coming down that really enjoy craft beer. They give you the honest truth, whether they like it or not. Oh, yeah, they'll blast you with it. But that's oh, yeah. that's what you need, right? You don't need yeah. anybody just telling you, oh, it's great. Hey, Darren, you're no. my best buddy. You actually want real feedback. Exactly. Yeah, right? not just from our mom and dads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even though my dad's been pretty harsh for me in the past sometimes. <laughs> no, he's been, actually for the beer, he's been very, very appreciative, and he's been enjoying it immensely. So. Well, it's very enjoyable, man. The, the style of beer you make is exactly the style that I like. You know what I'm saying? It's really good. Well, and that's it. It's, it's again, just going back to that education, just to get the people out there that have either had their friends or relatives say, hey, try this, and 
it's always that, oh, I, I'm a firm believer if you try something three times, then you'll end up liking because when I first moved to the city, I was a picky kid having to go to college 18 and actually eat and fend for myself. And my mom did a good job of, of uh, teaching me how to cook and everything. But still, when you're in high school, you don't eat properly. For sure. But now once you're living on your own, it's like finally there's a nothing but a can of tuna left in the, in the cupboard. Well, you're going to have a tuna sandwich. And I realized that, man, I've been missing all these flavors all my life. And that's the thing is there's only so much time on this planet. You might as well go out and try new things. And maybe one of these beers you're going to love. For sure. Yeah. Speaking of new things, last year was your first year at uh, the Winnipeg Beer Festival. How was it for you guys? That was great. And actually, that's a good spot. We love... Isn't it beautiful we, there? Yeah, we love the history of, uh, of Fort Gibraltar. But then at the same time, it's just a great spot. And seeing everybody, we missed, actually, we we started the company. We already had a family trip, so we missed last year. So this year was our first, like Zoe and my first time. And, yeah, it was great. It was it's a fun time. Oh, it was. yeah, and Beautiful that, beautiful day. And, and it's great that uh, events are held like that um, because, for us, we enjoy participating in those kind of events, getting more and more people out. And, yeah, every time somebody adds a new event like that, we're always interested in it. But that one, I don't know. I, I think you guys should uh, have that at least twice a year even. <laughs> oh, dude, I like to have it like 10 times. Every time, there's, that was a third year last year, and every time I'm like, I don't know how it can get any better. It was so much fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? And at this, everyone is like enjoys it so much. Everyone's really well behaved. Like it's a really even people who don't who aren't really beer connoisseurs or whatever you want to call them, re- really just love the event itself yeah. and the venue and the and the brewers. Everybody just seems so happy and has a great time, right? Yeah. Well, even make it two days if you can. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there's an idea. It actually, is going to be two days this year coming up. <gasps> Did I spoil the surprise? How okay, dare so. you? How dare <laughs> you? I guessed. I didn't know. <laughs> You're a genius, right? Great minds. Great minds. All right, Darren. So, in in closing up, let's let's remind people what the name of your beer is and how they get it, and you know how they contact you. Yeah. So it's pretty easy. Our website is www.beer. You got it. All got the- it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Winnipeg Brew Works and W E R K S, the German Works. Yeah. Um, and our beer is available in pretty much every LC in the city with the Pilsner. The red and the uh, Dunkel are available in most of them, and they're being more added. But then we're also down at uh, all the not uh, not all the beer stores, but quite a few, especially the craft, the quality yeah, yeah. in the um, Hojo Beer Store, and then out on Regent. Uh, the new, I picked up at the Charleswood the Beer Store. I'm in Charleswood. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. The um, yeah. The and every time market. I go yeah. on, it seems every time I'm on Instagram, I see you guys are at another restaurant. That's, yeah, that's the best thing. It's funny. We get so, uh, even today I was at an event earlier and people are commenting on our Instagram because we we want to promote the locations that we're at on tap. So, and that's why we made our tap handle a can. So that way people can actually see that the beer is on tap there. And it's also a reminder that you can pick up cans at the mm. LCs or mm. the beer stores. But um, yeah, like we always go to the locations, the restaurants that we're at because we're a firm believer in paying back because the restaurants... They realize we realize that a lot of them get uh, lots of offers just of money from the out of province sure. breweries to yep. say, "Hey, put us our beer on tap, whether it's good or not." But here, we, like, let's work together. You're a local restaurant, or, or even if you're a chain, you're still are hiring local people to work in the kitchen, work in the service industry. We want to support you, like help support us. Let's grow our business together. 
So that's why we go out and our Instagram is mostly of places that were on tap and our food to show, hey, look at look at how this beer is paired yeah. with this dish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's fun for us if uh, because um, I think the best thing I ever make for dinner is reservations. That's what I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. Darren, thanks for coming, buddy. No, thanks for having me. It's great. All right. We're wrapping up another episode of The Main Ingredient. We're wrapping it up with beer. Yep, you can find us on on Instagram, on Facebook, and we also are on iTunes, Spotify, and what did you say? I said Google Play, too. Oh, yes. Yeah, everybody, thanks for listening to The Main Ingredient this week. We'll see you next week here on 680 CJOB. This is 680 CJOB.